Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our first round preview of the WNBA playoffs. So this format is a little bit different this year. It's going to be single elimination and the five seed, of course, the five seed is playing the eight seed and the six seed is playing the seven seed. But normally it's a best of three series. This year it's single elimination. So the first matchup we're going to be looking at is the fifth seeded Phoenix Mercury versus the eighth seeded defending champion Washington Mystics. So Jalen, I just have to ask, considering we were really counting out the Mystics early in the season, and Phoenix has always been kind of in the contender race to go to the finals. Who do you see walking out of this matchup tonight or tomorrow? So I have to be honest, I think that it's going to be Phoenix, but with this whole single elimination thing, it really changes the perspective of it because it's a, you know, it's a similar to March Madness feel that we usually get where it's any team could get sent home just by the luck of the draw an easy shot bounce go in. I mean, everything kind of significantly changes with it only being one game. In a three-game series, I feel like the Mercury handle it pretty easily. I think in a one-game elimination, it's going to be a lot more of a knockout, drag-out type of fight for them against the Mystics because the Mystics, they might they may be missing Elena Deladon, you know, this year. And that's kind of the interesting thing about the fact that they even made the playoffs missing missing her, considering how they started early off in the year. But they're a scrappy team that does still have a remain have a, a good handful of the guy uh, of the, the females that were on the original team last year. Um I think that it's gonna be a really good game. I think that the Mercury take it, but I think it's because of their backcourt that's been playing so dynamically so far this year. I mean, Diana Taurasi, Ryan, we already know where you stand on that on that lady right there, man. I mean, literally can shoot till your eyes fall out. She can shoot till the gym closes and then opens back up. And then Skylar Diggins playing with crazy swag. I think it was a game or two ago, shot like dang near a half-court shot basically stood straight up, shot it like almost like a normal jumper and called it, instantly put the D-Lo ice in my veins face on and just started pointing to her arm. And you know that she's built for moments like these, both of them averaging 17 and 18 points per game. I think the big, biggest defining factor in this is going to be the fact, fact that Brittany Griner may not be playing in the game. We got news that she may not uh, be there due to personal reasons where she left the bubble and her ability to play in that game is probably slim to none, considering that even if she came back in time, there is a question as to whether or not there'll be a self-quarantining before she's actually allowed back on the court. But I'll say this much. Um, Misha Hines-Allen has picked up for this team in, in areas where we maybe never really expected anybody to be able to like harbor the weight that Elena Deladon tends to leave on a team when she's not available. This is an MVP caliber player, a literal MVP um, player that they've been missing this year. And Misha Hines Allen, 17 points, two and a half assists, nearly nine rebounds per game. And she's getting nearly two 
steals per game. Like she's pretty much playing all over the place, playing out of her mind. So with her and Ariel Powers and Emma Mieseman, who like is almost like their equivalent to like playoff Rondo, at least the way she was shooting the ball last year to help them get the championship run going and eventually win the championship. I can't count them out. I just think that the Mercury have played better all year. And I feel as though that will transition a lot better in a circumstance where the better team doesn't always doesn't always win. It's about who's getting hot first. And the Mercury have just been on a better trail this year than them. So I'm, I got to go with the Mercury, but it's going to be tough. I think it also is going to be a close game. Brittany Griner really dominated in the low post, get the rebounds, score down low. I think that they're really missing that. However, I think they've, they've gone seven and three without her. And I think that maybe the small ball might be working for the Phoenix Mercury in that sort of a sense. You mentioned Skylar Diggins-Smith. She is an absolutely amazing addition to this team. I know she's not the primary scoring option, but I think that she's really stepped up in just being able to take over games. And did you see that shot, though, against the Connecticut Sun? I definitely think she's a superstar, and I just it's going to be tough for the Mystics to really guard her because she's so elusive and she's just she's just an amazing guard. She's just an amazing player. Diana Taurasi is a legend, of course. We already <laughs> know how how we feel about her. Um, she's a great contributor to this team. She really has given this team an extra an extra boost, considering that. There's no Bria Hartley because she's out with a season-ending knee injury. The thing that is really going to be interesting for the Mystics is that it's going to really come down to how, how well Maisha Hines-Allen plays. You mentioned that you know, she's averaging 17 a game with nine rebounds. At one point, she was averaging two points a game. And this was, this was before she really kicked it into gear. And the issue that I have really with, with the, uh, the Mystics is that the entire season that they were struggling. Um, they didn't have Elena Deladon. They didn't have Tina Charles. I think it was a tough road to get to where they were at, but I don't know what they did, but something just hit them and just said, we need to get this in the gear. And I'm not even sure what happened in the last couple of games because the fact that the Mystics snuck into the playoffs over the Dallas Wings, who were the presumable, who they they were the presumptive eighth seed in the WNBA, the fact that the Mystics even snuck into the playoffs is a miracle in and of itself. If they can defeat Phoenix tonight, which I, is going to be a reach, but if they can defeat Phoenix, I think it's really going to come off the shoulders of the play of Ariel Powers and Emma Mieseman. I think this is going to be an interesting matchup tonight. I definitely see this going Phoenix's way, though. Yeah, man, and I think the biggest uh, thing that you pointed out is, like, uh, Ariel Powers and Mieseman, uh, what's the best way to combat a great duo backcourt, as we saw with the Lakers-Houston series? Well, throw your best forwards at them and let them eat, and Emma Mieseman is somebody who woke up in the play in the playoffs last year, averaged 19 points per game in the playoffs last year, well above what her season or um, season average is right now, averaging 13 points. Um, and I think that she can rise to the occasion again. I think the other thing is with Ariel Powers, 
ball handler, big, strong, lengthy. Like she's one of those that can go get her own shot too. That's another thing I feel like is going to be really important in this series or (laughs) what would normally be a series, but especially in a game where making big shots is going to matter because it could be your last night, you know, on the court. So I think that if there was any team, you know, coming into this situation that the Mercury would not want to see. Part of me kind of thinks that it would be the Mystics only because I felt like with the Dallas Wings, their best player is a guard. Uh, Arike is different, you know what I mean? And it's one of those things where, you know, overall, like combat guard with even better backcourt, you know, it's a little bit more evenly matched in a way where maybe they could just go for blow, uh, go for broke and go blow for blow. But when you have two outstanding forwards like that, and like you said, Misha is going to be kind of the difference maker in this beforehand, like you said. And we pointed this out early in the season, Ryan. Two points. She was averaging two points on a team that was desperate for like a leading score with Elena Deladon out. And now she's creeping up on 20 points per game and is just completely taking her game to another level. So, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game to watch. And I think that the pressure of it having a one game and uh, um, elimination is really gonna change the dynamic of just how um, exciting this game actually can be. Yeah, and I think the the tough thing for the Mystics is that there is no Elena Teladon. She was the MVP of this team last year, and she's not here this year. Now it's about who is going to step up. We've seen Maisha Hines Allen put up some great numbers, definitely step up down the stretch of the shortened season. Emma Misaman is a great contributor, much like a playoff Rajon Rondo type of player. And of course, you can't forget about Ariel Powers, who's really the star of this team. And I, I just have to look to her to give me the late buckets down the stretch. On the other side, again, Diana Taurasi is a legend at the point guard position. Um, Skyward Diggins-Smith is really going to have to make big plays down the stretch, much like she did in the game against the Connecticut Sun. Of course, no Brittany Griner may or may not affect this team, but I think we're really going to have to find out what happens tomorrow night. Moving on to the 6th um, the and the 7th seed matchup, the Chicago Sky, the 6th seed, taking on the 7th seed Connecticut Sun. Now, how the Connecticut Sun got into the playoffs is another miracle because they started the season 0-5. So the fact that they've really made it into the playoffs is kind of a testament to how good this team has really been down the stretch. But Jalen, I have to ask you, I know Chicago Sky has a lot of great playmakers on this team. Who do you see taking this series? So um, similar to the other series we discussed, I really think that this is going to be another tough one. And I maybe it's just all contributing from the fact that the single game elimination aspect of this changes the dynamic of the quote unquote series altogether. But this is one of those where I have to go with the sun on this one. This was a team that was in that championship series against the Mystics last year on the verge, pushed it all the way to a game five just to be able to force the force the action to put the Mystics in a position where they had to essentially take the championship away from them. Um, I think that the biggest thing with this is, like I said beforehand, I think it's going to be about the team that comes in the hottest. I think it's going to come in. It's going to come down to the team that 
has a little bit of pedigree, but has also found a way to fight through adversity so far this season and come into the playoffs, you know, feeling a bit like an overachiever, playing up to their true potential. And Dewana Boner, uh, Boner or Dewana Bonner, however it is that you pronounce her name, and Alyssa Thomas, those two have really carried this team. Um, Bonner, 19.7 points per game with 7.8 rebounds on top of it. Alyssa Thomas, nine rebounds and 15 points per game. I mean, that duo right there pretty much is the reason why they got in the playoffs, right? To put it quite lightly, you wonder why they were able to fight back. This is a championship caliber team with two elite guard forwards on their team that just kind of always give them a chance to win. And I think that's really what makes this whole series uh, slash elimination game so so huge. I think this series is interesting because there's nobody that jumps out to me in a single game elimination scenario for the sky that, you know, makes me feel as though they're going to take this game away. Courtney Vandersloot, I would say personally – I would consider her to be their best player on their team, but she's primarily a facilitator speaks to the 10 assists per game to go along with the 13.6 points that she has. But I don't really see anybody who provides a crazy punch for them in a game like this with the magnitude that it has. Allie Quigley is their leading scorer right now with 15.4 points per game, but her ability to finish down the stretch is going to be huge. Cheyenne Parker is somebody who's came on very strong this year, 13.4 points per game, 6.4 rebounds. These other players that Courtney is distributing to, it's not just going to be about getting the ball to them. It's going to be about their ability to convert because it's going to be all about big shots the entire night. Every shot is going to mean something. Every trip to the free throw line is going to mean more than the last. And you know, this this is the interesting thing about the March Madness field to this that really brings out the best out of these teams is I say I don't know who their next best player would be or who their best player would be in a down-the-stretch scenario, but this is the kind of game that can show us who that may be. I feel as though the Connecticut Sun already have two. The question is whether or not the Sky have anybody to throw back at them. So I can see where your concerns are with the Chicago Sky. They they do not have Azura Stevens. They do not have Diamond the Shields, who both left the bubble in August. Um, here's the thing, though. I really have to go with the Chicago Sky on this one. I think that this team just has a lot of scores, much like the Phoenix Mercury did. Um, I think Chicago can put out great performances as a team, but – I think you're right. This is really going to have to come down to the contributions of Courtney Vandersloot. I know you mentioned how good she was in the past on this podcast, and she's been just that. She's averaged 13 points a game and 10 assists, but the key is that can she play like this at a high level, getting the ball to Allie Quigley, getting the ball to Kalia Cooper, getting the ball to Cheyenne Parker, all key playmakers on this team. The thing with uh, the Chicago Sky is that this team has been kind of like bouncing from, you know, being a top contender to a middle of the pack team. And I think what's going to have to happen is that, yes, I agree that Vandersloot, Quigley, they both have to step up. 
I just see something different about the Chicago team that I don't see with the Connecticut Sun. I know the Connecticut Sun, they definitely have a testament to winning because even though they lost their first five games to begin the season, they've really went on this run where they're one of the hottest teams in the league. But if you look at Chicago, I think this team could be a sleeper, even without Stevens and the Shields. I think if Vandersloot really gets going early, I think if Quigley gets going early, I think if Parker can knock down shots, I think that this team could be really dangerous not only in this game, but if they advance to the second round and the semis and then the semifinals and the finals, I think this team could definitely be a sleeper team. And honestly, I think this is the the one thing that I want to make a note of when watching this game because I honestly – and I didn't think about this when I made my initial points, but there's really an offense, offensive-minded versus defensive-minded aspect that comes with this team. Something to keep an eye out on, Ryan, when we take a look at this game and for anybody that's going to be keeping their eye on this game overall is the Chicago Sky – are third in the WNBA in points per game and pace of play. They're fourth in the league in offensive rating overall. But the Connecticut Suns are 10th in points per game, but they're second in opponent's points per game. They're fourth in overall defensive rating. So I think that battle between the, a team that's ability to put up points in a hurry versus a team that is not very fond of letting teams get off to a good start, as you mentioned, I think that's going to be huge for Connecticut because the main thing with them is their defensive identity has been able to hold them throughout this series. I mean, even keeping it um, throughout this season, um, even keeping it in mind, Connecticut averages 80.4 points per game and their opponents points per game is 79.9. I mean, they're essentially from a statistical standpoint, they are squeaking out of these games. And in a game like this, it's another type style of game that kind of plays in their favor of a defensive battle. That's going to come down to who can hit big shots late and quote unquote squeak the game out. So I think that's something to keep in mind in terms of an offensive team versus a more primarily defensive-based uh, team. And I think that'll play a lot into where uh, these two teams go and who it is that ends up coming out on top. So that's a good transition to our question of the day for our fans. What do you see as the more interesting matchup going into the first round? Is it the Mercury and the Mystics, or is it the Sky versus the Sun? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Of course, make sure when you rate us on Apple, you give us five stars, as well as subscribing to us on Apple and subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.